Welcome back to the Work Miha podcast, a place for mujeres motivated to cultivate the life they deserve. I am your host, Sochi Carmona, founder of Work Miha, an apparel and accessories brand for Latinas who unapologetically celebrate their culture through empowering and relatable messages. Thank you for joining me and enjoy these inspiring conversations. Hello and welcome. Today I'm joined by Tiffany Woodman. Tiffany is a CEO and founder of Cannabella Lux, a luxury women's cannabis brand, a proud Puerto Rican Italian serial entrepreneur. She strives towards inclusivity and equity in the cannabis industry and believes that cannabis should fit into your lifestyle, not you into the cannabis lifestyle. When not working, Tiffany can be found relaxing with her husband, five rescue chihuahuas, reading and watching Criminal Minds or Drag Race on a repeat. I'm super excited to have her here on the podcast today and learn more about her journey. So welcome, welcome, Tiffany. Hi, I am so excited to be here. And that is 100% true. That is where you can find me uh, pretty much in this room <laughs> watching those shows. Nice. I it's love true. it. I love it. I'm so excited to chat with Tiffany today. I've definitely been following along the brand whenever social media has allowed it to pop up on my algorithm. We will talk about that for sure. (laughs) And but before we get to learn about Tiffany's journey and Cannabella Lux, we like to get a little astrological here on the Work Me Have podcast. And Tiffany was kind enough to share what we call our top three. So that is your sun, your moon and your rising. So for those of us, our sun sign is your identity and where you shine. We all pretty much know this if you know your birthday. And Tiffany is a Leo sun, a little fiery placement there, blazing blaze (laughs) placement. It's true. (laughs) I say that I'm like a true Leo because I'm either a kitten or a lion. There's no in between. I'm a little baby sensitive kitten, or I'm like, rawr. And I was born on Lion's Gate. I was born 883, so it's on Lion's Gate, and it's eight three times. So I feel like eight's my power number, like, for sure. Ooh, I love that. If you need any important things, like, when should we launch this? Where's an eight right there? Literally. I love it. And yeah, I love a Leo, a leader, a loyal, confident, creative, charming, for sure. Um, and for that also- a time or two. <laughs> for her moon sign, which rules your body and your yeah. emotions. Also a Leo moon. I love it. I love it. And also, so much fire. So much fire in this chart. It's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of fire, which now I should have thought, no wonder I'm in cannabis because, you know, but uh, I didn't really ever, like, I knew my Leo was in sun, but I hadn't really thought about the moon or the rising. So mm-hmm. I'm love, like, I love this. Yeah. Do you get a little dramatica sometimes? We call it passionate oh. when it comes to our fire signs. <laughs> um. Oh, yes. I think everyone would tell you I am. They always are like, you're so passionate. You're so passionate. And it's, if I like something, I really like it. I want to tell you like, hey, this is so good. And they always ask me, do you work for this company? And I'm like, no, I just really like the product. It's like, no. They're like, you should work for them. And I'm like, well, I'm a CEO of my own company. But I I, I could go into sales over there. Sure. That's fun. Get a coupon code or something. Affiliate. Yeah. Affiliate. Right? I'm like. <laughs> So, yeah. That's funny. I mean, also a fire moon, Aries moon. I can relate. You find something you want to tell everybody. Shot it from the rooftops. In general, I get you. Um, And so now for the rising sign, which I was waiting for this. I was like, okay, I feel like especially in your top three somewhere. I was like, I'm looking, I was looking for the earth, the earth placement here. You know, I was like, okay, is it going to be Virgo? It's going to be Taurus. Capricorn rising. We love our Capricorn risings. That CEO placement right there, thriving in whatever workplace you're at. I don't know (laughs) a lot about it, like a Capricorn. Like, tell me. I love... I love a Capricorn woman. Capricorn is the goat. They are hard working. Okay. They are climbing those that mountains. And I'm sure you have uh, overcome some barriers here in this industry. That this you're is in, making but... sense now. <laughs> this is all making sense about who I am. I'm like, yeah, that is true about me because I'm very, I will like, I just keep going. I, that's it. Like nothing stops me. I'm like, oh, okay. 
whatever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't even bother me. I'm like, that's just like what I'm built to do, you know? Yes. Like, goats. Doesn't bother <laughs> me. That do. could also that's be funny. like being, that also could be like being a daughter of an immigrant. My mom, you know, like could be my mom too, where it's like, I just don't see, you know, but I, I think the sun and the stars, I'm like, yeah, it's true. I'm true. very Leo. I, well, and that's, yeah. As you bring that up too, like being a child of an immigrant too, but like that Capricorn, it's ruled by the planet Saturn, which is the planet of responsibilities. And I feel like also specifically for like children of immigrants, I'm not sure where you fall on the older or younger, but there is like some sense of responsibility of with what you're doing and how you kind of take that on. So I, I yeah. I'm the younger. I'm for sure the baby people are always shocked that I'm not an only child. But I have a brother. <laughs> I have an amazing brother, but uh everyone's always like so I might have only child personality, but yeah. It's <laughs> That's crazy. Awesome. I know. That's awesome. So okay, so now that we got to know you a little bit more astrologically, we want to get to know you share with the audience, tell us a little bit more about who you are. And what were you doing before you started Cannabella Lux? And what is it that made you venture into this entrepreneurial journey? So I'm Rogers Park. Highland Park is kind of the joke. So I grew up like in Edgewater down the street from Sun High School. I went to a private school, but I was like, I was there and I was, you know, on a scholarship there trying to figure it out. And then I paired my parents moving to Highland Park and I was like, wait, what is this? But what's actually super interesting is I have a mom and basically like five dads. So I have a mom and a dad. Uh, my parents had myself, my brother and I, they split up. That my dad married my other dad when I was like four, five, three, I think three really, four, five, I don't know, right there. And then my mom married my stepdad. So I was raised by two dads and then a mom and a stepdad. And then later my two dads split up when I was like like 18 or 19. And then they have since both remarried. So I have five dads and one mom. Um, my mom came over on a boat from Italy. My dad is Puerto Rican. He was born in Puerto Rico. He came, you know, he was kind of in and out here. So all of this was like, led me to this really crazy background of like, yes, I had access to things and my parents were like figuring out ways to do it. And they always were really crafty, right? Like my mom worked in a factory to put herself to a really nice college that she found in this encyclopedia. And she was like, Lake Forest. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to go there. Right. And so through my parents, they found it, especially in the 70s and 80s, they weren't really white passing, right? And my mom, people are like, well, is Italian white? And I would say yes. But if you hang out with a lot of like very white people, I had someone be like, oh, you're Italian, you're not white. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think as an immigrant, but then growing up as this totally, this Puerto Rican that had no real identity because my dad was like, no, it's really important that we, um, basically assimilate. So I grew up with extreme assimilation because that was what you needed to do to be successful, right? You got made fun of all these other things you assimilated. So that, that of my parents and my backstory led me to like, I kind of grew up again in these two different worlds where, you know, my experiences were kind of different. And then one of my dads is like very Midwest white. So I have this like whole dichotomy of going to my, you know, Italian grandparents on Sunday and it's Italian and it's over there and it's very family, very Greek, you know, Italian, Mediterranean, Hispanic, even style. Then I had my Puerto Rican relatives, which I only got to see sometimes and we weren't allowed to really talk about it. And then I was going to school in this kind of really white world. But the crazy thing is that when I went to the Sacred Heart schools where I went for elementary school and then high school, it was full of color and different. And it was all sort of about like you know, education. It was all girls school. It was single sex education. And I learned about service. So all of this kind of made me me, right? So mm. I am graduating high school. I kind of go to this all girls college for a semester. I come back here and I find philosophy. And ten in 10 years, it took me to take my degree at Northeastern. I had all these jobs. I was uh, in operations. I was in HR. I worked at a locksmith, a moving company, a hospital, a chiropractor, like every role. And I worked at startups. And I started building and I would be like, oh, you're a new company and you need organization. And you're this Israeli guy who has a desk and a here, I'll do it. So it was like all of this can do attitude mixed with being really, really open. My parents, you know, being raised by queer dads in Highland Park, people were like in the eighties and you went to Catholic school and nobody bothered you. And I was like, yeah, nobody bothered us. Um, and then, but also 
this entire time sort of feeling other and not really understanding why why what it was was why I couldn't talk about being Hispanic why I was so like I really had a hard time with like talking about that because in my experiences where I was it wasn't really a good thing you know and the real talk is the rich people were like we live in Highland Park and the help lives in Highwood and the help meaning Hispanics Mm -hmm. and when you grow up with that you really internalize like if I say that I'm this right like what the, it just was very like it was very hard for me so fast forward i i'm in hr i've had all these jobs that have you know led me from one job to another i'm at a nonprofit and i'd had this crazy boss before who made me think i was like just i don't know i was like maybe my adhd i'm, I'm gonna get medicated i'll figure it out and the doctor was like girl you don't have adhd you have anxiety mm. and i was like mm. oh huh, well Okay. And then I was like, makes sense. My mom has anxiety. And I never really understood that. So I tell my boss at my new job and she's like, girl, she's the CFO. And she's like, girl, my sister has anxiety. You're just like my sister. Cause I'm in the North shore at this point. And she's like, my sister has her medical cannabis card. And I'm like, what? And I had not really been a smoker. I, we, my girlfriends and I went through one summer, but it was not on my repertoire. I was not a drinker. I was a nothinger. I was just high on life. Um, and so then I decide that I find this need in cannabis. I get my medical card and all of a sudden I'm like, there's nothing for a a person like me, a woman like me, who is like professional, who's likes pink. And so this kind of idea was born, but again, I come from this background that like, I did have privilege in education to know how to do certain things. I had parents who worked, my mom worked two jobs when she had to, you know, like who would work day and night. I came from an attitude, maybe it's the Capricorn in my family, but um, I really came from this thing that like my family combined, one, they all loved me, right? Didn't matter if they got along at all the same time or not. Two, every single one of my family works really hard. Mm-hmm. My grandfather on my Italian side went back to work at 50 to build uh, buildings downtown Chicago in construction. So like I come and I started realizing this, but I come from a really strong background of maybe not successful entrepreneurs to their level, um, but entrepreneurs who are always out trying to do things. So yeah. I know that was like a lot for that answer, but everything about that really probably will color everything else that I say, because those are so important things and how I was raised and who I am, because it's not necessarily the typical experience of anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really did. <clears throat> yeah, you're, right? like- you're like, where do I even go with that? don't worry don't worry but I was gonna say like so you're like okay I see this need for it I see this need I see my demographic I am you know my customer also how do you even decide where to start how did you start how did you fund this is this savings is this investments can you get a bank loan for a cannabis accessory business like how did you go about it so many good questions yes okay so one I was literally in this room um, and I was sitting with my friend and I would just talk about it and I was looking and I was searching. And so I was like, all right, I don't see it. So I started asking myself like, what would it look like if I did do this? Right. And I started being like, all right, what's realistic. And one thing I will say is that it's, it's has, you can have a dream and every dream I think is, is realistic as long as you understand the steps of that dream. Right. So if I want to be an Olympic swimmer, you know, I would have to do all of these things. So sure, could it be realistic? Well, I, I don't know, you know, could you do these things? Is that feasible? You ask yourself. Well, I had come from this operations experience. I had done HR, I'd set up. I, so I, I wanna be clear for myself starting a business. I had a lot of these tools that, and I started this at, you know, 36, okay? So I had spent my 20s working, building, making mistakes, making wins for other people, uh, doing a lot of this. So I didn't have, one, a lot of startup costs that other people might have and having to do like a website, um, figuring out a POS. So that was helpful. Two, you, great question on the banking. No, you can't get a loan for this. No, you absolutely cannot get a loan for this because 
cannabis accessories are like considered first of all no one knows what to do with them they're like a total gray area and there's no real rules so i erred on the side of um tobacco following the tobacco accessories rules mm. well that is really like you still can't get a lot of grants for that loans for mm -hmm. that nobody wants to really deal same with alcohol you're not necessarily having access to the same kind of funding right cannabis is not federally legal we don't have federal bank funding which the that's where the banks are we can't do all of this right so uh one thing i did was i cleared my credit to perfect i want and made sure that i clear credit what did that mean i took any credit card issues i had i went to lexington law i paid them like a hundred dollars they wrote all the letters and in a month i had really clear credit right from just you know anything i made sure and i took out credit cards like i couldn't get loans um i really didn't have any backup savings I did have a husband who took care of like our house, you know, and things like that. My husband's a heck of sodium at a grade school, but we had some things going in our favor there. So like, again, it was this mix of like, okay. And I started a brick and mortar and that was also something that people didn't want to rent to me. Right. So I had to, you know, I made mistakes with the banks where I was like, I'm doing cannabis accessories. And they're like, we're not going to give you an account. And I was like, yeah. I didn't know I couldn't say that. Um, but I think what it came down was, is that I was able to turn my idea into a concrete plan by simply saying, where am I? Where do I want to go? Okay. Well, with a business, you have to do this. Right. And, you know, and I would Google, I'd be like, all right, well, and I used free resources. The Chicago has a small business development center that is free. They will help you. They want to take your money, girl. They want that city license. <laughs> they want you to have that license. They're like, let me help you. Miss Barbara Johnson helped me and I went there and I made an appointment and I learned what I had to do. And so like, I tried to use all the free resources available to me. Um, I filed my own trademark. Uh, I just won, I learned, I Googled, I put it in, in, um, june of 2019 two months after i came up with the idea um and it took like three years to get the trademark two or three years to actually go through the process it's so long and so that was like the first thing i did and i'll tell you i've had to use it since like tell people hey i have a trademark right there it's crazy yeah oh my so. gosh wow that's wild yeah i was just like i doubt banks you know especially nope. like even I feel like especially pre like recreational uh, kind of legalization, even now I feel like that's, it's, it's such a sticky situation. They're starting a it business is. and then a cannabis business, right? That's why the social equity in cannabis is so hard to make equitable. Be okay. Why is social? Uh, let me rephrase that. It's so hard to have true social equity in cannabis because one, the war on drugs, the amount of people still incarcerated today, but two, you know, when you look at the history of where people of color have been treated or women have been treated just historically, and then you trickle all that in, you have to have cash. Cash is, you know, the number one. So you need to have millions to, to get a dispensary license. So I couldn't have access to getting a dispensary because I didn't have the funding that, that. So I had to do the next best thing was go down this ancillary route. And it still wasn't easy. And it's getting easier every year. But a year in cannabis is like 10 years anywhere else, they say. I bet. Just like I what bet. you learned. It's like, that was oh my crazy. Gosh. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So like you, I, I love how also the key words you're using, realistic, realistic. That's such a Capricorn, yeah. the realism. <laughs> let's, like, let's be realistic about this. It's such a Capricorn. You know, I want... I... <laughs> you know, now I'm learning about me. Is that? Okay. Yeah. I was like, ooh, because I was like, okay, I saw Leo, Leo, Sun, Moon. It would have been like, yeah know but it's like pause stop wait let's think of the processes the structure the operations that's where it comes from now i know because it is a little anti-leo which is like having those big dreams but like i really want people to succeed in a way that works for them realistically and i just think i want people to have all the information because again i've had some privilege and i've had some not and it's really important to know that like I saved a lot of thousands of dollars being able to, I still run my own website. I run my own social. I knew how to negotiate. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and I listened to people who wanted to help me, but I also knew when to not listen. Everybody told me, every man told me, every man was like, you know what? Just go online, have an online only store, start online, start online, start online. And I said, look, 
I want a physical space that women can walk into and ask the questions and feel like I am there or someone is there to listen. I said, we need a physical space. I said, I'm not reinventing the wheel. There are online communities. There are stores. I want to be a physical space for those places. And, you know, that I think has led me to where I am now. So, Mm -hmm. you know. And when you did find that physical space, so I saw like you had posts on your social media, the Black Club Chicago, it was like new North Center Boutique. Yeah. A less intimidating spot to buy your first weed pipe. And yes. so that was what, twenty nineteen when you first Yeah, that was there? right, right. Yep. End of twenty nineteen. Okay. And so for a physical let's talk physical space, you know, like yes. you can do online, but like there's probably so much that goes into physical space. Like, so even the, oh, the first question, wow. how did you decide on the location, which was in Lincoln Square neighborhood mm-hmm. here in Chicago? Um, like, did you get yeah. any pushback from the neighborhood, which you kind of mentioned a little bit, but like for your business? Yeah. So this was crazy. Okay. So I had um, this amazing notebook that I have. Okay. And so this is, by the way, my manifest notebook. It is a Michael's notebook and everything I've written in here has come true. And so when I started this, I was like, what do I want in this space? And I literally wrote out this whole thing about what I wanted and what I needed. And let me tell you, safety first. I was like, look, I need a safe space. So a lot of people told me, why don't you get a thousand dollar a month space, some storefront and just whatever. And I said, because listen, my consumers are women. So I knew that woman and myself, right? I'm the ideal consumer. So I said to myself, okay, I need a space that women can drive to park safely, feel good at. I leave late at night. They need late at night. It has to be a space that feels safe, right? It has to be a space that women can come and feel safe. And then I know, and that doesn't always mean, you know, a good or bad neighborhood, because I mean, in Chicago, honestly, you really, to me, it's like, you need to know the intersection well, right? You need to know, it's not just a neighborhood. I mean, I live in Evanston, you go one or two blocks, this way you have $5 million houses and you have, you know, $50,000 houses, you know? So I was really concerned about safety. I was really concerned about um, just access. Uh, also, I didn't have a ton of money to do a build out. So that was really concerning. Like, like you have to think about like, not only location. So I was like, all right, location, build out how long is the lease the leases are really confusing right so i started looking and i have never bought a house at this point or anything i i had i didn't know so i'm like triple net what is that what are these extra taxes so they do all these things where like you google and you're like hey i want a you know x amount of rent and so sometimes it's like, this is $30 per square foot per year or 20. And then you have to change it. And then you're like, okay, this is what it is monthly. And then all of a sudden it goes down and then you realize, oh, well, you actually have to pay extra taxes if the taxes go up or you pay for this, some of them. So that was confusing for me. And I was like, oh, so I finally said, all right, I tried to work with a couple of agents. One lady was basically like, no one's going to run to you. Kind of doesn't want to deal with you. Sorry. And she kind of ditched me. And I was like, okay. But she'd given me this access to like a hundred or, you know, so properties on the back end of MLS. And I'd been looking. So I had this list of like 10 properties that seemed safe within a budget I could potentially do. Um, and I went through them and I found a really great guy who'd had this boutique and he had uh, built, he had redone the development. And this is how the universe, by the way, wanted this store to open. So he had redone the building and he had in it, when he did it, he spent the money to put all of that into a boutique for his wife. Well, she ended up knocking the boutique ended up like closing. It was his closed boutique. So it looked beautiful. So I go mm-hmm. to this spot and I'm like, it's already set up to be a boutique. It has a marble countertop. It's, it's mm-hmm. beautiful. And somehow, you know, he told me, he basically said, look, I'm going to take a chance on you. I have to talk with the condo people, but I'm going to take a chance because this could be a crazy idea. Good. Or it could be bad. I don't know, but I like you. So, and he needed to get the space rented. So he took a chance and I got a two year lease. Okay. That's huge because when you rent commercially, a lot of times it's three to five years now. So I finally, I get a lease with him. I get this space. It's beautiful. I opened the store. And so I have to get the condo people to agree. I have to explain to them. I won't have bongs even though I ended up having bombs in the window, but they were beautiful. So nobody cared. Um, (laughs) But I had to explain like 
what was or wasn't going to be sold. Like I, I was, you know, I couldn't have a big weed leaf in the window. Mm. So like I had to get all these things approved. It was hard. It was really mm. hard, you know, but I had someone take a chance. But I will say re realistic is that I also had a deck. I had a little bit of a plan and I had sort of things that I could show him. They didn't have to be perfect, but it did help me get the spot. So then I had the spot, you know, and then COVID happened uh, eight weeks later. Oh, fun. So I opened a brick and mortar uh, and it was officially open, you know, January 1st, but really December 15th. And then I had officially closed up by March 8th because we had the COVID order March 15th and I closed a week early because I knew it was coming and I wasn't going to, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but women kept me open. So that's kind of how I had this brick and mortar. I pivoted to online mm. sales and uh, I local delivered everything. Ooh, I would yes. go and do local deliveries for free. I'd be like, okay, here you go. Contactless delivery. Nice. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, and so for you, so like, let's talk marketing your business, specifically a cannabis brand. Like, how have you been able to navigate that? Because like, okay, most businesses, you know, I'll be like social media, while great way to market your business, it has so many restrictions so for many. a cannabis brand. Keywords you can't use, you get shadow banned, oh your my God, account yes. gets deleted. What has worked for you uh, to grow your business and visibility and sales? Great question, right? So everyone in cannabis is like, we're all terrified. I have had my Instagram account, my main one taken down three different times. The last time was for over six months. I currently have my backup account down that I'm trying to get back up. Um, Twitter just released that it will now allow cannabis marketing, but Twitter's like basically died. So like things, um, but we're, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay. So what I did was one, it was really organic. Two, I had no real marketing. So I sort of had to uh, figure out from other people and like learn like what you could and couldn't do. In the beginning, it was a little bit better. It actually feels harder now in the last year. Like they're targeting it where it's like they go on these Twitter spree or these uh, like sprees and they shut a ton of us down at the same time. And then we have to go through all these back end ways and get someone to review it. And you have to find someone to do it because there's really no one there. So you're like, oh my God, but now it's like you, they kind of are sucking you in because if you pay to be verified now, which you can do for Instagram and Facebook, um, then you do get live support. So you could then be able to pay this, you know, so I'm like, ah, so it's really hard. So three things that I did were one organically, I made sure that I was really meeting people, following up, talking with them. Um, the store really helped because I could meet people in the store and be like, follow me, go here. Mm -hmm. uh, making good collaborations with other people and sharing our audiences was really big. So again, like us, even now we're sharing our audiences. My audience will get to see your stuff. Your audience will see me. So collaborating, not competing, finding other women to share stuff with. Working a lot with collaborations, quite honestly. Like mm -hmm. I love all the women's groups in cannabis. So I would work with all these other groups and, and do different things. Um, and that really helps. And then honestly, you have to do creative marketing where you have to th remind, remind yourself that like, not everyone that follows your brand wants to smoke cannabis all day, every day. I mean, we do, but we also like getting our nails done. We like watching TV. We like, you know, the scandal going on with Vanderpump rules. Ooh, I mean, that's yes. like, right. We want like all these other things. And so a lot of it is like build your cannabis brand around the actual lifestyle, not just the flower, the product, right? So I didn't mm -hmm. even have the product. So it's like funny memes. Um, I did really silly marketing. So marketing doesn't have to be perfect. One of the things I did that worked out really well that people still laugh at today is I would take these, um, I would make fake movie posters. So I took the Mean Girls movie poster. Mm -hmm. I badly Photoshopped my face onto all of the people and then I called the event Weed Girls. And I was like, are weed, is weed a carb? You know, and I, I, and so I took this like silly marketing off of something you already knew and loved. And like, there's no real mention of product. And so like, it's silly, but it worked. Mm -hmm. So I just, honestly, authenticity and everyone says that, but I'm going to tell you something. You can say whatever words you want. You can use every marketing word in the whole world. But if you don't actually um, do it from your heart, marketing doesn't work, right? Mm -hmm. Like Kendall Jenner, Pepsi commercial, that was the biggest miss because nobody was marketing that from the heart, right? 
nobody thought that's like, but when I market from the heart and I'm like, real talk, this isn't perfect, real talk, you know, it's not centered. No one cares, girl. They care that I'm out there selling you this badass product. Mm-hmm. So that's what I can say is like, just be really authentic in your marketing and like market to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it easier. I market to myself. You are the customer. Yeah. It's like, I made this brand for me and women like me who kind of want this. Cause it, like you said, right. you know, sometimes when it, they, we talk about cannabis in general, all you think is whatever that stereotypical smoker that we've seen oh, in movies yeah. and TV, like just grungy looking. Oh. Like, no, you know, no, you this, is, this is it. This is it. This is it. Like I feel so cute. And I want to show in the marketing how cute we are and how ridiculous we are and how there's no wrong way to cannabis, girl. That's mm-hmm. marketing, you know? Or just in general, like, just the different ways that it is used. Like, it's not just, like, you know, what is it, those, like, after-school commercials? Like, this is your brain on marijuana. On drugs. Fried eggs. Right. <laughs> but you, you know, know what? It's anxiety. Really wanna... <laughs> I was just going to say, they don't really want to address that it is really anxiety. And... What I would tell anyone is I'm the hugest believer that pretty much almost all cannabis is being used medicinally in some way or another, right? And it actually has better benefits than alcohol when you use it consistently. Mm-hmm. But we're all doing it for anxiety. So, like, guess what? A 15-year-old should not be smoking weed for anxiety because you know what? At 15, they shouldn't have that much anxiety. So we need to treat why they have the anxiety. And, like, that's, that's some people, like, my friends have been smoking since 13, 12, 15 and I have to say, like, what's up, do I agree with that? And I'll tell you, girl, I don't necessarily agree with that in the sense of, like, I don't think it should be the first go around. Like, I would want to know, like, hey, so you're using cannabis, which is better than other things. But at 15, I don't want some kid to be so stressed out from the anxieties and the mm-hmm. traumas in their lives that they have to use it. I want them to get therapy first. I yeah, want them yeah. to get those other things. And then later, like, you know, if that helps them down the road, but like, I really just hope that at that age, I don't want them to have so much anxiety, like at 30, you know, or 25 or, you know, and the truth is when kids have that much anxiety, it's because they're often living adult lives and they're either having to, you know, they have so many things going on at home and they need support and they need Mm -hmm. love and they need to be a child. And they're probably not getting to be a child. Right. So like having your older kid, raise all the younger kids because you're working. Yeah. It's great that your kid did that, but you know what? Like your kid didn't get a chance to be a kid. Mm-hmm. Dugger. Yeah. Looking at you duggers. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And maybe it's just like generations too, you know, millennials right. just have all this anxiety. The Gen X has all this anxiety. How could we not? How could we not? <laughs> How oh my gosh. Not, girl? No, it's we don't it's, know if the planet's dying. We don't know what's getting. We're not getting paid the same. The planet's dying. The Earth is fading. We don't know who's in what. Aliens exist now, confirmed. Um, you know, like Kylie Jenner's making eyelash stuff. I don't know what's happening in the world, girl. It's the wild, girl, but I don't know. I feel like some people it's better to have a weed mom than a wine mom. You know, it's like that's all wild. day. A weed mom can drive her kid to the ER. More patience. <laughs> But you can drive your kid to the ER, right? Like if you have a smoke a pot yeah, yeah. and your kid gets hurt, you'll be able to drive. If you had two glasses of shard, you're not driving your kid to the ER. Mm-mm. And I actually had a customer come in, actually multiple customers, but one stuck out in particular. And this cute uh, husband and wife were basically like, we are weed parents because I grew up watching my parents change when they used alcohol. Mm. And it wasn't, and they said it wasn't that my parents were alcoholics. It wasn't that they were so like overconsumption, but when they did, they were different. And mommy was giggly or you knew when mommy needed her wine. And he said, like, I just don't want my kids to see me or my wife, like as a giggly different person when I want to be present and I want to really enjoy those moments. And I was like, cool. That's what we do this all for. So, you know, that's why we create these spaces because when you were able to go in my store with your stroller and get a product for yourself that was a CBD bomb or a bomb, and then also, you know, still be a mom. That was a really important thing that the community really enjoyed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you said you moved, you had your physical store, so now you've moved online, you know, and I feel like every time I'll see you pop up, when the algorithm lets me see you pop up, yeah, <laughs> it's exciting. And so for you, like, what have you been doing since it's moved online? I saw that, you know, you shared with, there was a new partnership 
rolling out. Can yes, you tell us so more about it? <laughs> I am so, so, so excited to announce that I am the first Latina-owned cannabis brand in Illinois, partnering with the 1937 group to release a product of Found Forward Wellness uh, for cannabis. So basically what that means is that I am working with the 1937 group, and we are also working with Bedford Grow, who is a woman-owned cultivator in Illinois, to grow uh, their weed and strain-specific weeds to help women's wellness, as well as do edibles, teas, and this full line of products. We are unapologetically femme. We are excited, and it is about true women's wellness. We are going to be talking about menstruation and menopause and, you know, mindfulness and all the things. And so what I did was, you know, the store was amazing. I knew that my le- my, my next lease was up. I had an awesome deal where I only extended it for one more year. Mm. I knew that I was kind of going in a different direction. You know, it was, a, the store was an expensive area. Um, and I'd had some things where the universe had basically said, like, let's pivot, right? So this pivot happened, closed the store, went online, but was also um, really aware that I knew I wanted to have a cannabis brand. Um, I went to events like Benzinga Chicago, which was a big cannabis capital conference. And I really put myself out there and just put the work in, the time and the effort, the energy and build community. And so now we're launching a summer. We're launching this amazing brand. We are going to have more branded merchandise for Cannabella. We are going to have our online community, The Lux Life. We are having the Bella blog. We are having Bella ambassadors. We say that wow. it's a Bella Lucian girl. It's a Bella Lucian. Yeah. We are Bella braiding. Um, you know, it's like send me a Bellagram. I'm calling you on the Bella phone. <laughs> like we've got Bellitude. And if we don't like something, that's Bella rude. <laughs> so, you know, we, I'm out here to hopefully um, create more job opportunity for one internally create more job opportunities for women of color for people of color for people in the industry who really want to work with an equitable brand you know that's down the road i want to create more opportunities of if this business model works and people see that i can carry this brand and that we community can do this this works well for other latinas in the space and other states and other places who can say she's doing it it works copy print right and you can mm-hmm. change put your own spin on it but everyone knows that it's like the first time that someone does it, then everyone follows suit, but someone's got to be the first. So I'm following suit of women in California doing this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm following suit of, uh, you know, other brands out there that are killing it. And so I'm just trying to bring, follow what they're doing and bring it to Illinois and then some other states as well down the road, you know? So the goal is it's going to be a national brand. And the goal is that my goal for you girls, and you'll get your kit once it comes, I'm going to make sure you have that box, but it's like, I want you to wear my Cannabella lounge suit while you're yes. smoking our weed in the cute bong with the tray, you know, I don't know, supporting, listening to a playlist that we're doing and knowing that you just, uh, your order just supported a bunch of girls getting, you know, tampons, right. Or like, actually I'd want them to get period panties personally. So, mm. you know, that's the goal, right? The goal is that this is a community built brand mm-hmm. and my personal goals uh, are okay. So I said the internal brand goals and then externally, I want to give you guys the best weed possible. And then a CBD version of that as well. So we'll have THC products in the store. We'll have a complimentary CBD only brand online. And then that will eventually be available in like other boutiques, uh, hotels, spas, etc. Um, and it's really just kind of growing all of this to say, look, we're here, we're doing it. Let's create jobs. Let's create a good product, you know, but personally, I just want to really actually, uh, go to Puerto Rico and learn full, uh, conversational Spanish this year that I've been so embarrassed about. And I have all this knowledge in the back of my head, girl, my dad ended up becoming, um, a Spanish teacher in high school. So like when I was in high school, all of a sudden the man who was not Puerto Rican, who didn't talk about being Spanish, all of a sudden became a teacher. And I was wow. so confused, but then he was still telling people he was English. And I was like, like, it's, it's a trip, girl. It's a trip, but like, we're doing it. Like what you're doing, you're doing so many things and you're like, what you're doing in sharing my story. And so many of our stories is really like, I proudly have that, you know, you put us in your gift guides before I have been on my website proudly because for me, it's like. I want people to know like there is this community out there and that I don't have to be any kind of specific Latina that, you know, is, 
is, well, are you Latina enough? Like I, mm. I feel constantly, am I Latina enough? Am I Latina enough to be allowed to say that I'm a Latina brand? You know, am I, am I enough of what I'm supposed to be? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a big, that's a big something that, you know, I think about a lot, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I have an answer for it, but yeah, no. And I'm glad you like proudly share that too. It once again, just kind of opens up that like welcoming space too. Um, that environment as well. Um, so actually, one of the last questions I was going to ask you was your goals, but the Capricorn Rising said, I'm going to share my goals. Oh my but I'm sorry, I'm so bad. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love I it. Swear. But one question, as you kind of mentioned, you know, being a Latina woman in this industry, like if you can share, like, what barriers do you feel like as a woman, a woman of, you know, color, do you feel like you have experienced in the cannabis industry or you see like women, you you know, experiencing in the cannabis industry? So I would definitely say I get it more as a woman because of the white passing in my name. Like everyone's like, what? Um, but I will tell you that the colorism is really real in cannabis, like in anywhere else. I, I will say that I don't think that it's any worse than anywhere uh, other industry, except for this huge, huge part, which is that the people act the same. It's that they talk different. So mm. they talk and they say, we're social equity. We love women. And they are so vocal about wanting to support women. And then their actions are the same as anyone else. Nothing. Mm. So for, you know, the issue is that everyone speaks a big game and the dollar signs are not there. And they all want to say they support women owned and they all want to say they support women of color. And that then you see a white guy moderating a bunch of women of color. And you're like, why isn't a woman of color there? Um, so I think that cannabis is like, I'm going to a marketing conference or a trade show. You never know what you're going to get. You're going to find the right people. But I think there are so many women voices arising and emerging and saying, we're not taking this shit. We're not letting this be like every other industry where we're going to wait 20 more years and then come in. We are coming in now. It has been so predominantly male, you know, but under undercover, right? It's been very low key. It's been very, if you know, you know, because there's scientists and back end and growers. And now that it's more mainstream and it is going to consistently be mainstream, right? We're going to see TV shows talk about it way more. We, it's constantly uh, going to go in there and it's going to be talked about more medically and mama and her edibles and it's going to be stoners, right? That mm-hmm. switch is going to happen. So I really think that um, funding really is the biggest because mm. women only get less than 2% of funding in cannabis, like less than 2% of funding in cannabis of this, you know, all this money goes to women, right? And less of that goes to women of color. And, you know, you look at that and you say, how can that be that it's like 1%, 1.9? So right there, it's funding. Um, one really cool thing though, is I'm actually going to speak of, uh, and at this, when this drops, I'll have just spoken at Benziga Miami and uh, it, it will have gone on April 11th and 12th. And it is the uh, Benzinga Capital Cannabis Capital Conference. It's so many C's. Um, and they are doing something that I'm proudly working with Women Grow, which is this huge community of uh, national community of women that they are going to educate, help us grow, whatever. It's Women Grow. So Women Grow has partnered with Benzinga to have this amazing scholarship. And now they actually have a flat rate of $197 that they did. But long story short, they created spaces for women in cannabis. There's booths. We're going on stage. We're talking about funding. So the biggest thing is, is that there are all these barriers, but there are people actively looking to change it. And I'm really hopeful as we continue to have these very raw conversations about lack of funding and opportunities um, that we can continue to see other groups and people combat that with solutions, right? So we mm-hmm. see all these problems, but I'm so excited to say that a lot of people have a lot of the same goals to work for actionable solutions. Um, I always say a lot of times, girls, social media, the builders are not always on social media. A lot of this mm-hmm. stuff you don't see because the real builders are behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, signing up for community newsletters and stuff is a really good way to keep updated with this stuff. Mm, good God, I could just talk too much, girl. I want to hear ah! you more. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, no. This this is an opportunity to talk about you. You know, like we want to learn about you and what you're doing. I'm amplifying other voices, but thank I you so much. I love that you are. <laughs> 
I feel like honestly, like a bunch of like the tips that you're giving here, you know, I think are just so helpful. Like I always love to hit on like, what is it that kind of helped you grow? Everybody has like their strength. And for me, I feel like I really just heard and I hope everybody else hearing that collaboration, the collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. So in this space, like that's definitely something that's helped or just in general people, it's like play to yes. your strengths, you know? Um, and I feel like that's definitely what you've done. So I feel like all these tips are helpful. I'm just here to, you know, ask these questions. I love that. <laughs> you said that though it's so funny you say that so one of the biggest questions I get asked um from girls who want to get into the industry or they want to be me they always go I want to be you I want to do what you're doing when I go what do you think I'm doing because like <laughs> but the reason I ask what you think I'm doing is because they will tell me what what about what I'm doing interests them the most and then two they always say I say okay well if your dream job comes tomorrow what do you want to do and they're like well I can do this I said no 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 stop I didn't ask you what you can do. I said, I bet you're a badass woman who can do 10 different things. But out of those 10 things, you probably really like two or three of them extra. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a career, it's like you want to sort of make this triangle of what do I like? What am I good at? And what has the best chance of actually succeeding in the current world that I'm in today? That, mm -hmm. is, that is the realism, right? So I guess that's the Leo, to your point, there's the Leo up in here. Like, what am I good at? I'm good at it all. What, what am I the best at? But then to your point, wow, I, you just blew my mind with the Leo Leo Capricorn because you're right. The real, you did. But the realism is that Capricorn where I really want people to be like, look, you might be good at this, but if you don't like it, that's not the career to go in. Go into a career mm -hmm. that you're good at, that you like. And then is it the right time? Cannabis is a hot industry, but if you mm -hmm. don't actually have a passion for cannabis, please don't get in it. There's enough of us that have a passion and want to do it. Go do what you're really good at, mm -hmm. you know, like really simple. And that is how we win is that, you know, when we do see other women or people, I collab, I ask them what they want and I don't give them false bullshit. I'm like, look, mm -hmm. everyone and their mom wants to start a cannabis accessory store or a cannabis woman's community. And what I'm going to tell everyone is, did you look at the ones that are out there and did you go to and even see what was out there before you decided to start? Because I did. I won and joined. I, I did. So research your shit, you know, like mm -hmm. if you can collab and then see what's out there, you might actually find a position in a company or a place that's doing exactly what you want to do. And you don't want to do the building behind. You just want to go in and do the marketing or the tech or the events and you don't want to build a whole damn company. So see who's doing what you want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Also Capricorn like, Rising. We ain't got time for the bullshit here. <laughs> no. I mean, I'm, gonna say, I, I'm gonna be re so we all know what I'm gonna be doing later is like researching all of this because I'm just it. like, oh my God. It's God, this sun is like I'm over here like uh huh with the sun on my face. <laughs> but um you blew my mind, girl, with this Capricorn <sighs> rising. I'm like I'm like, damn, that is me because at the end of the day I have I dream big, but every dream that I have is come true. And this, I'm telling you, this freaking notebook has had everything in it that is continually coming true. And it's been, I've had this notebook for four years. I sit here and I look at it and I still pull ideas out of it. I literally go and I wrote shit like this. Things I don't know how to do. Things I don't know how to do. Trademark, pitch to investors, but I figured it out. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so Ooh, that's what I got it's sorry I love going through this thing I do it all the time but I love going through it and reminding myself that I've hit these goals mm -hmm. and like it's just crazy like my friend wrote this one here okay and it says strains and it's all these like tiffalicious all these things but like now I'm actually coming up with strain names like what oh that's cool I love so that's it. like I it's the it. Leo and the Capricorn so yes it's a good combo it's a good combo so thank you Tiffany for sharing your no bullshit strategy to business we love it but thank be you for before we end this I wanted to add ask some quick lightning round type questions Ooh, um, okay. <laughs> oh she read all right. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So first thing that comes to mind, feel free if you want to embellish a little bit. So first question, what is your favorite me time activity? Bubble bath. Mm -hmm. Hardcore bubble bath. Love it. Um, CBD bubble bath? Uh, CBD or THC with specifically Ooh. a candle going and Alexa play spa music. Oh, nice. Okay. Next question. What is the best piece of advice you have ever received if you have a problem bring a solution so if you're going to bring up a problem 
bring the solution. Otherwise, it's not helpful. It's don't not really no a problem unless you got a solution. Right. <laughs> right. Literally, don't my boss used to say, don't bring me a problem if you don't have a solution. Because if you think it's a problem, then you know how to do it better. So tell me how to do it better. Otherwise, it's not really a problem. And I was like, shit, he's right. <laughs> I love so it. I say it all the time. Like, if you think something's wrong with it, hmm, fix it. <laughs> tell me how to fix it better. If you can do it better, tell me how to do it better. Okay. I like that. Next one. What is a piece of advice you would give anyone wanting to pursue a business like yours? I would say, make sure you do your research. That means legally, that means into competitors, that means into financial. It means before you get into jumping in with all of your amazing ideas, which I bet are super amazing. I want you to research what's out there and do your due diligence because Doing all of that on the back end is going to save you a lot of money and time on the front end then when you go there. Oh, I bet. I bet. That's a good one. Okay, next one. What is the best resource that has helped you along your journey? This can be a book, podcast, app, etc. That's a really great question. Cannabis. Mm. Cannabis <laughs> has been, I know this is going to sound really, uh, cannabis has been the best resource to help me on my journey because it slows my brain down enough mm. with my anxiety to use the tools and resources of Oprah therapy, reading, all those other things are great. But if cannabis doesn't help me slow a little bit down, then I can use those tools. But sometimes I forget I have those tools mm. because I, my anxiety is too high. Yeah. Yes. We know about that life. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Uh, where can co listeners connect with you online? Drop all the handles, websites, mm. where do you hang out? <laughs> yes. All right. Cannabellalux.com, uh, the Cannabella at Instagram, Cannabellalux at Instagram. I highly recommend when you go to Cannabellalux.com, you can sign up for the Bella blog. You can become a VIB, very important Bella. You can join our beta testing Lux Life program, and you can see where we're doing events, upcoming products, merchandise, straps, and everything. As the best way to find us, cannabellalux.com. Nice. Okay, so I will link that also in the show notes. Hopefully, we no issues with that. Yes. <laughs> okay. And shout outs. Can I say two things? Though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, follow Alive Rescue and uh, TAF Foundation, uh, Trio Animal Foundation. Those are two rescues that I particularly love in Chicago. So Alive Rescue and Trio Animal Foundation are two that I really, really love um, and I have rescued from. So I just love those and you know if you're in chicago want to rescue nice shout out plug plug all the collabs all the all the meaning i love it i love it oh uh, yeah i'm a plug i'm a plug. <laughs> do it do it um and you will be the plug <laughs> eventually uh, it's crazy <laughs> i love it well thank you so much tiffany for joining us on the work me Have podcast thank you everyone for listening make sure to follow the work me Have podcast to keep up with more episodes and until next time bye thank you Visit workmija.com, that's W-E-R-K-Mija.com to pick up your new favorite Chingona Fuel Cafecito mug or our Bet on Yourself Mija and No Pares Mija apparel for yourself and your comadres chingonas. Don't forget to follow Work Mija on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook for fun Latinx-inspired content. Make sure to tune in to the Work Mija podcast and listen to more inspiring mujeres.